Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. It's the start of a new year, and we have a lot of great things coming up, including the 2023 launch of our small group. So make sure you're here on Sunday mornings and following us on Facebook and Instagram at My Collective Church to stay connected. We really want you to be a part of what God is doing here. Now let's get into Sunday's message. When I started to go to church in middle school, there were a lot of things about faith and Jesus and the church that I didn't understand and that I'd never experienced before. I remember the first time I ever went to youth group as a student, uh, I was going to church and someone from stage said, hey, if you're in middle school, you should come to this group. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm a middle schooler. I should come to that group. And I, I showed up incredibly nervous. Um, first, I'm an introvert, uh, don't really love crowds of people, especially if I don't know them. Um, but I also didn't really know what to expect. You know, I was new to this whole Jesus thing and I didn't know what this group would be like. And it started off fine. We played a game. Everybody got to know each other a little bit, read a story from the Bible. And we had a discussion um, where I just sat in the corner and didn't say anything. But then as we began to end, the youth minister said that we were going to pray to close things out. And I assumed that that meant that he would be praying, or maybe there was like another leader there that would pray, but that was not his plan. He had all of us grab the hands of the people to our left and our right, because we were going to go around a circle so that everybody could pray. And I was mortified. I don't think I had ever prayed a moment in my life. If I had, it was definitely all alone and definitely not out loud. Um, I'd never prayed in front of a group of people. I'm pretty sure at that age, I thought that like if you prayed and saw a shooting star, like God answered your prayer. Like I had no concept of prayer at all. And so I began to think of my exit strategy. Like how do I leave in the middle of this thing? How do I stop holding hands with these strangers whose hands are sweaty and gross that I don't wanna be with? And how do I get out of this house? but I was a middle schooler, so I couldn't get in my car and drive away. And so I began to panic. And they, everyone bowed their heads, they start praying, the first person goes, then the next, and then the next, and then it was my turn. And I didn't know how to pray, I didn't know what to pray. To be honest, I didn't want to pray, but there was no way out, and it was my turn, and so I just froze. My guess is that everybody thought it was like some deep spiritual moment that I was having, but it wasn't. Uh, still trying to figure out my exit strategy. And so after a few seconds of waiting, I just said, pass, hoping the next person would start praying. <laughs> they didn't, they were middle schoolers. They had no concept of what was going on. So again, a few seconds later, I was just like, pass, still nothing. <laughs> and so finally I just said, amen. And the person next to me picked up what I was putting down and they started praying. Not a great first experience. Today, we're continuing in our series called Habits, where we're digging into some of the spiritual habits that are found in the Bible. Habits that if we make them a priority this year in our lives, they will spill over and positively impact the things that matter to us the most. And these spiritual habits or disciplines, as they're often called, help us grow in our faith. They help us have better relationships. They help us have a better sense of self and a ton more. Ultimately, we would call these keystone habits. And last week, we talked about the habit of rest. Today, we're talking about prayer. Prayer is a small thing that makes a huge difference. Researchers from Baylor University found that people who pray to God are less likely to experience anxiety-related disorders such as worry, 
fear, self-consciousness, social anxiety, and obsessive compulsive disorder. Studies also show that prayer increases our gratitude and our thankfulness, that prayer shifts our focus off of ourselves and onto others, which then brings more satisfaction and more purpose into our lives. Prayer reduces ego and promotes humility. And researchers from Florida State have found that when people pray for the well-being of their spouse, when they feel a negative emotion in their marriage, both partners, the one doing the praying and the one being prayed for, report greater relational satisfaction. Right? Prayer is one of those things that when you build it into your life, it impacts all the things that matter the most to you. When planning out the sermon series a few months ago, I never imagined that prayer would be such a widely discussed topic right now. If you've been on ESPN or if you're on social media or any major news outlet, ultimately, if you exist in this world today, you've probably heard about Damar Hamlin. Damar is a safety for the Buffalo Bills and Monday night during the game, he suffered a cardiac arrest on the field. If you were watching, it was terrifying, right? The, the few hours of coverage, it was just awful. His heart stopped, CPR was administered. He was put into an ambulance and brought to the hospital where his heart stopped again. He was given CPR again and then put on a ventilator. And all Monday night, the world was left holding their breath, wondering what happened to tomorrow and if he was okay. I think that night I refreshed my phone like every five seconds, right? Just hoping for an update. And through the night into the next day, athletes and celebrities and politicians began posting things like praying for Damar. Our prayers are with Damar. Please pray for our brother. The next morning, Emmanuel Acho talked about the power of prayer on ESPN. It was one of the opening segments for that day. Dan Orlovsky, uh, another ESPN analyst, actually didn't just talk about prayer. He took a segment to pray. The Wall Street Journal wrote an article titled, How Damar Hamlin Drove a Whole Nation to Pray. And just two days ago, when Damar had his breathing tube removed and was able to FaceTime with his teammates, the news segment on ESPN started by saying, prayer works. This is what happened with Damar. Right now, there are a lot of people talking about prayer. There are a lot of people thinking about prayer. And honestly, there are a lot of people praying and trying to figure out how to pray. Listen, I know uh, in any scenario like this, there are gonna be cynical people out there who will say that not everyone who was praying for Damar was praying to God for Damar, right? They were just sending up prayers as some nondescript way of saying that they care and that they're thinking about him. And I hear you. Right? If you're one of those cynical people, I understand. But I can promise you that people who don't believe in God or are unsure about God who were praying for Damar were hoping that the God we worship heard their prayers, they weren't hoping that it just went up into the universe to some unknown higher power that may or may not exist or to some politically correct idea of God that doesn't hurt other people's feelings in 2023. That's not what's happening. That's not what they're hoping for. Right? They are hoping that God would hear their prayers. They're hoping for the God that we worship would hear and intervene even in their doubts, even in their unbelief, even in their fears. And deep down inside this past week, people were hoping that the God we pray to was as real as we believe he is and that he answers prayers the way that we know he can. And so I do wanna say up front, prayer is one of those topics um, that is vast. We could do an entire series on prayer. That's not what this is. Think of today as more of like a 101 on prayer, like a TED talk. Right? This isn't a conference, this isn't a workshop, because my goal is that everyone in here walks away feeling more comfortable with prayer and create space in their lives this week to pray on a regular basis. Ultimately, that we create the habit of prayer in our life, because prayer, 
more than anything else that we're gonna talk about in this series is the easiest to fit into our schedule. Because the beautiful thing about prayer is that it can happen at any time and anywhere. We don't need to be in church. We don't need to be in some quiet or holy place. We don't even actually need to step out of our day to day to do it. One pastor talked about prayer like this. He said, prayer is simply talking to God like a friend and should be the easiest thing we do each day. But let's be honest, it doesn't always feel that way, right? Prayer still feels intimidating. And maybe that's because you're new to this whole church thing. You've never prayed before. Good news. We're going to all circle up and hold hands and you have your opportunity today. I would never do that to you. I promise. We would never do that at Youth Collective either. We promise that. Or a small group, anything. You were never going to be forced to do that. The holding hand things in church is weird, guys. If that's what you want, there's another church on the road that will do it. Right? But maybe you're new to this whole thing and you're still trying to figure it out. Maybe you've been to church a few times and the only prayer that you've experienced has come from a priest or a pastor, ultimately someone on stage. Maybe you're like some of my friends who grew up in the church, but never felt like they knew the exact right words to say. You know, they, they grew up and it was the stand up and the sit down and kneel here and, and do this, the these and thines and thous. And they just never figured it out for themselves. Maybe you're comfortable with prayer, but you're just struggling to make it a habit. And so my goal today uh, is to bring you a really practical teaching on prayer that kind of demystifies this a little bit. And ultimately that it helps us realize that prayer is a habit that we can bring into our lives that will have a huge impact on who we are. And so if you are a note taker, uh, get ready to take notes. It's gonna be a little bit more than usual today. If you're not a note taker, now's a great time to start. Uh, taking notes is a keystone habit. It will impact the rest of your life. Um, we're not gonna talk about that in the series. That's your one plug for that. Um, because what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to actually answer some of the questions that I get the most about prayer. I'm going to answer those questions this morning, starting with this. Why should we pray? Philip Yancey is an author that I probably quote more than most. Typically, it's his book, What's So Amazing About Grace. But Yancey also wrote a book about prayer or a book titled Prayer. And when asked this question, he said, if I had to answer the question, why pray with one sentence, I would say, Jesus did. Jesus prayed. Before Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he prayed. Before Jesus was betrayed and arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed. Before he died on a cross, he prayed. At his baptism, he prayed. Before walking on water, he prayed. Before choosing his 12 apostles who would follow him and he would teach these lessons to, he prayed. Before Peter's confession of faith, he prayed. Prayer was a regular part of Jesus's life. Right, last week when we talked about rest, we said one of the things that he did was to step out of the world, to step out of the chaos. He would go up on a mountain, he would rest, and he would pray. Jesus made prayer a regular part of his life. Right, he prayed to thank God for what he had done. He'd pray asking God for guidance and for comfort and for peace. And the thing is, Jesus didn't actually need to pray. He and God are one, but Jesus prayed because his relationship with God mattered to him. His relationship with God was a priority. Nancy also wrote in his book, God is always present in my life and all around me, but prayer offers me the chance to attend and respond to his presence. God is always there. God never leaves us, but prayer is how we keep our relationship with God healthy. Think about it like this. Think about your relationships or your marriage, your roommates, your friendships, whatever it may be. The better the communication is, the healthier your relationships are. The more consistent that communication is, the more honest it is, the more real and vulnerable your communication is with the people in your life, the better those relationships will be. 
And the same is true for God. And so why do we pray? We pray to connect with God. We turn to prayer because it's one of the most personal ways for us to encounter God, to grow in our knowledge of God and to feel his presence in our lives. And let me just add this. There is no one who we can be more real with than God, no one. Because God knows us more intimately than anyone else ever will. Psalm 139 says that God knew us before we were born and that he knit us together in our mother's womb. And so God already knows what's going on in your life. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what you're hiding. He knows what you're mourning. He knows your fears and your doubts and your insecurity, but he still wants to hear from you. And I know that some of you struggle to know or believe that that is true because you're thinking, why would God want to hear from me? Why does God care about what I have to say in the way that I'm living my life with how far I feel from him, with the mistakes that I've made, with the doubts that I have? Why would God want to hear from me? And I get that. I do. We often think about our relationship with God the same way we think about our relationships with people. The good news is he doesn't treat us the way people do. And the reason why is because of grace. Grace is getting something better than we deserve. And prayer is the reminder of grace in our lives that we have the opportunity to talk to the God of the universe and he will hear us because he cares about us. God doesn't treat us the way that people do when we screw up. He doesn't shut us out. He doesn't screen our calls. He doesn't keep us on red because we're lost, messy, broken, imperfect people. Because God is gentle and humble in heart because he loves us unconditionally. He wants to hear from us. He wants to hear from you. And so prayer is one of the ways that we remain connected to God. Here's the second question. When do we pray? A few years ago, someone gave me a book called The Sayings of the Desert Fathers. And I know that sounds terribly boring, um, but it's actually a pretty cool book. It's about these early Christian hermits who lived in the deserts of Egypt. uh, And it's about their spiritual disciplines. And honestly, it is a really boring book. You shouldn't read it. Here's your summary. Um, But ultimately, they talk about different spiritual disciplines that they had in their lives. And one of the things that they talked about that I appreciated the most was prayer. And one of the stories was how these monks would constantly be praying, right? And not in the way that we imagine in our head, like where they're, they're on their knees and their heads are bowed and their eyes are closed. What they would do is they would just constantly talk to God through their days, right? That way they were constantly praying. And so they were praying while they were walking and they were praying while they were doing chores and they were praying while they were tending the land where they lived. There's this idea of like this stream of consciousness conversation between them and God. And so when do we pray? We pray whenever we want to. It's whenever we feel the need to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, never stop praying. 2 Thessalonians 1.11 says, keep on praying. James 5 says, we pray when we're struggling and we pray when we're happy. Ultimately, we pray whenever we want to, whenever something is on our hearts, whenever we want to connect with God. You can pray while driving your car. You don't close your eyes when you do that, but like keep them open and pray. You can pray while you're drinking your morning coffee or when you're brushing your teeth before bed. You can put it into your schedule. You can block out times if that is what you want to do or that is what you need to do. But ultimately, there isn't some special window during the day where if your prayers don't go up, God doesn't hear them. If you feel like praying, you just do it. You pray whenever you want to. Question three, how do we pray? A lot of us have been told or uh, indirectly and indirectly that in order to pray, we have to close our eyes, we have to bow our heads, we have to clasp our hands, and that we have to start and end a certain way. 
right? Uh, some of us, you know, believe that the word amen is how we close out all of our prayers, right? We have to do that. Uh, and I believe that for a really long time. But in the Greek, the original language of the New Testament, the word amen just means truly. And the reason why we say that is because we're saying, God, what we're giving you is true. What we're giving you is real. It doesn't mean the end. It doesn't mean I'm done. You don't actually have to say it. It's just one of our ways of saying, God, what I'm giving to you is real. It's, it's honest. It's, it's who I am. But there isn't a specific formula for prayer. But because we feel that way, or maybe we've experienced something that feels that way, we're hesitant. One time, Jesus is with his disciples, his 12 closest followers, and one of them spoke up and asked Jesus, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? And these are the guys who had been with him for years. And they had seen Jesus pray. They'd heard Jesus pray before. They were all Jewish. So they grew up uh, going to church. They grew up going to synagogues, hearing rabbis pray. But they were still unsure. They were still nervous. And I love this story because I know that feeling. I know what it's like to, to believe in God, but still feel nervous about prayer. And so they wanted to do it right. And so they asked Jesus, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? One of the best examples of Jesus teaching on this topic is in Matthew 6, starting in verse 5, he says this, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. Do you know what this reminds me of? I'm going to throw some real shade right now, and I'm not sorry about that. Uh, this reminds me of husbands who love to use Facebook to shout out their wife and tell everyone just how amazing their wife is, the most amazing person in the world. But at the same time, they never do it in the private moments and intimate moments of their marriage. And listen, I know you guys aren't the type to do that when you post it publicly. You're also saying it privately, right? Yep, nod your head right now. But when you see those things, what's your first thought? Right, your first thought is, why do husbands do this? Right? It's, it's not so that the wife feels loved. It's so that other people think they're a good husband, right? And so other people think, oh man, she's so lucky. And that's kind of what this is like. People who pray publicly for attention to do it so they seem righteous or they seem religious or they seem holy. Jesus says, that's not, that's not what this is about. And then he continues, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. And he's teaching us that prayer is private, right? It's this moment between us and God. Now, it is not wrong to pray in public, right? We do this every Sunday at Collective. We pray after worship. And one of the reasons we do that is to thank God for the worship that we just sang, for the things that we feel in those moments. We pray at the end of a sermon, right? We're asking God to push us to help us grow, to move us forward, right? You can pray out loud with your kids. You can pray with a group of friends. That's totally okay. Right? Jesus isn't saying the only good prayer is a private prayer. What Jesus is teaching us is that we don't pray so that other people think we're holy. That prayer with God is not about attention for ourselves. It's about our relationship with God. And then Jesus says this. He says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. When I was in first grade, I had a writing assignment where we were supposed to write about what we were doing over the weekend. And the rule was you had to write on both the front and back of the page before you could go outside and play recess. And so I wrote, I really, 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 front and back, can't wait to play baseball this weekend. 
right? And this is kind of what Jesus is talking about. Jesus absolutely cares that you really, really, really hope you get that job. But he tells us that we don't need to babble in our prayers. Another translation of this verse says, do not heap up empty phrases. And that comes from the fact that Jesus already knows what's on our heart. He already knows what we're wrestling with. He already knows these things that we're struggling with. And so he's saying, hey, like, don't walk around it. Right? Don't waste your time trying to explain it. Just, just say it. Right? Just be real. You don't need to know these special words or the special code or these special phrases. Just talk to me. And so when we pray, we should be intentional. We should be specific and we should be real. Right? And again, there's not special phrases that we have to say. But this also means that we can pray short prayers. There isn't a word limit that you have to hit. You don't have to pray for a certain amount of time before it sends itself up to heaven. Prayers don't have to be this long drawn out thing. They can be short and quick and sweet. He already knows what we're struggling with. Right? It's less about God hearing about it for the first time and more about our connection with him. And then in this teaching, he actually moves into the Lord's prayer. And for a lot of you, the Lord's prayer was probably the first prayer that you ever heard. Maybe it was in church. Uh, maybe you played sports and you said it before you went out onto the field. Maybe you saw it on TV. Uh, but when you think about the Lord's Prayer, most of us think about it like this, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Like, you know, like we're robots, right? We've been trained to like say this prayer. And so we know it, but we don't really feel it. But in Jesus's teaching, he actually uses the Lord's Prayer to tell us and teach us how to pray. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna break this down right? Because I don't want this to be something that you know, but never feel or know, but never understand. And so Jesus, starting in verse nine, says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Now I'm reading the NLT. Some of you have the King James drilled into your brain. You're freaking out right now. It's okay. It still means the same thing. You're going to be all right. But Jesus is teaching us, hey, what, is, what does prayer look like in our lives? And it starts with us recognizing who God is. Jesus immediately starts by saying, God, you are holy. Right? He's saying, God, you're good. God, you are almighty. You're the maker and creator of everything. God, you are God. And so when we pray, we recognize that's who God is. Verse 10 says, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so Jesus, the next thing he does is he prays for God's will to be done. Because no matter what we are praying for, this is what we should want. Not our will, not other people's wills, but God's will, right? God's will that people trust him and they follow him, that they experience the grace and the hope and the life that he has to offer. But not just that, but that people experience the joy of heaven one day and the glimpses of heaven that we get here on this earth. So part of prayer isn't praying for what we want, it's praying, God, give us what you want, what you think is best, what you know we need. And then Jesus continues, he says, give us today the food we need. And again, Jesus is just saying, you ask God to take care of you, right? It is okay to go to God and say, God, I, I need this, help me. Verse 12 says, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. God, please forgive us. God, God let us experience grace, but not just for us. God, help us to forgive others. And then it finishes in verse 13, it says, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And ultimately Jesus is saying, one of the things that we pray for is protection. Right? One of the things that we pray for is that we live a life that God has called us to live, but he pushes us in that direction. And so the Lord's prayer wasn't given to us as this is the only way to pray. Right? It wasn't given to us because it's like the most holy way to pray and you, you have to pray within that. That's not, that's not what he's doing. 
what he's doing is he's giving us an example, right? Again, he's teaching us what we get to pray for. And if you look at the prayer, it's a lot of things that we can ask for ultimately coming down to God's will and it coming to earth as it is in heaven. And so how do we pray? It's not like this boxed out thing. We just pray intentionally, right? We pray intentionally. We use, use the words we want to share. We are real and we're honest about it, right? Not in a formula, but who we are communicating to God. And here's what's so great about prayer. There are a ton of different ways that we can pray. There are books that are full of prayers and you can just read through these every single day. The YouVersion Bible app has studies where there's a new prayer that you can pray every single day. You can turn to the Old Testament of the Bible. You can read the book of Psalms, which is a book of songs and prayer. You can just wing it. You can just say whatever is on your mind to God. He wants to hear it. You can journal your prayers or you can type them up in notes on your phone. I know people who do this so they can later read and see how God had answered their prayers, see how God had answered them differently than how they had asked, but ultimately see how God is moving in their lives. The point is this, prayer is very personal and you have to figure out the way that best fits how you want to talk to God. There is no right way and there is no wrong way. It's just intentional. And the last question is this, what should we pray about? I think my favorite verse on prayer answers this question the best. It's Philippians 4, verse six, it says this, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. A few months ago, I introduced you all to what a friend of mine calls the most powerful prayer we can pray. It was Jesus, help. Jesus, help me with the things I'm struggling with. Jesus, help me with my health. Jesus, help me get through this day. Jesus, help the people I love. Jesus, help me to forgive. Jesus, help me to feel forgiven. Jesus, help me with my growth. Jesus, help. But I wanna push this a step further today because there's another prayer that I think is just equally as important, equally as powerful as Jesus' help. And it's Jesus, thank you. Right? Jesus, thank you for your grace and endless second chances. Jesus, thank you that you hear my prayers. Jesus, thank you for getting me through that season. Jesus, thank you for not abandoning me when I felt all alone. Jesus, thank you for answering the prayers that I prayed. Jesus, thank you for not answering the prayers that I prayed because you knew it was actually best for me. Jesus, thank you. And so one of the ways to help you remember this, and again, it's a habit series to build a culture of habits, is that we put bracelets on the seats all around you that say these two things. On one side, they say, Jesus, help. And on the other side, they say, Jesus, thank you. And these are a tool to remind you to pray. Right? That prayer doesn't have to fit into a schedule. You don't have to set aside time every single day in 30-minute increments to do it. You can just pray. Right? You don't have to have it fit perfectly in your life. It's just something that we get to do whenever we want and we get to say whatever we need to to God. Right? We can pray at the red light on our way to work. We can pray in the shower at night. We can pray on a walk. We can pray with our spouse and our kids before bed. We can see as much as we want or as little as we want, but ultimately we get to pray every single day, Jesus help and Jesus thank you. Now, I do feel like I need to say that not every prayer will be answered the way that we want it to. Um, God is not some sort of genie. You know, you don't, we don't get all the things that we ask for, pray for. We don't get them the way that we prayed for them or expect them sometimes. Sometimes we don't get answers at all when we need them. A few years ago, uh, I had to have a pretty intense conversation 
with someone, ultimately there's a confrontation uh, because how they are talking to other people. Uh, and he had said some pretty terrible things and refusing to own up to it. And I kind of got brought into this situation. And the meeting was so tense from the start. Uh, but I'm a confrontational person, so I was kind of leaning into it. Um, but progressively, as the conversation went on, he got more defensive and his voice got louder and louder. But while this was happening, the weirdest thing kept going on. A fly kept buzzing around his head. And so he's in the middle of this like tense conversation. And then all of a sudden this fly comes up and just lands right on his forehead. And I'm trying not to laugh. I'm trying to listen and like really pay attention to this conversation, but it was super distracting. And so he swatted at the fly, but it kept buzzing and occasionally landing on him. And you could tell that it was driving him nuts. So in the middle of him kind of explaining why he was doing what he was doing and why he said what he said, he would pray, Father God, please remove this fly. But the fly kept buzzing and it kept landing. And so he kept praying, Lord, please take this fly away. God, in your name, remove this fly. But God didn't do it. And eventually his prayers got angrier and angrier. And one of the last ones was, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus Almighty, God, take this fly away from me. It's one of the most uncomfortable scenarios I've ever been a part of in my life, right? God did not answer his prayer to remove the fly. And God not answering this prayer didn't really matter, right? It didn't change the conversation, it didn't change the outcome. But there are times when we pray desperately and boldly for God to intervene, for God to bring healing, for God to fix the broken things in our lives, for God to help us in ways that only he can. And he says, no. And the thing is, I don't really know why. Right? Prayer is, is way more complex than that. You know, I, I do not understand why God doesn't always answer our prayers. Now, I understand there are times when he doesn't answer the things that we pray for because we are praying for things that aren't God's will for us. Right? We're praying for our will, what we want, but we're not asking God to show us what he wants. I know there are times when our prayers aren't answered because God knows something that we don't. He's trying to push us on to a better path. But sometimes there are prayers and they seem like they are in God's will and he says no. And honestly, I, I just don't know why. Some of the biggest prayers in my life haven't been answered the way that I asked God to answer them. Right? He, he, there was a little bit of answer, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. And I would be lying if I said that didn't hurt a little bit, right? if I didn't feel the pain of that. But one of the things about God is that I trust him because I know that he knows more than I do. And so I keep on praying, not for my will, but for his will. And so to answer the question, what do we pray about? We pray about everything, right? You pray about the things that burden you. You pray that God's will be done on earth in our lives as it is in heaven. You pray for the good and you pray for the bad. You tell God what you need and you thank him for what he has done. You pray for everything because he wants to hear it all. Not just the bad things, but the good things as well. Now I wanna finish with this. Last year, I was talking to a friend of mine who was going through a lot in her life. For a long time, her and her husband had tried to get pregnant. Um, they got pregnant, they suffered a miscarriage. They got pregnant again, suffered another miscarriage. And this led to some pain and wounds that impacted their marriage, which um, really just broke it apart. And, and when, I, when I saw her, they were on the brink of a divorce and you can just see it in her eyes. Like you can see the heaviness in her life that she was suffering. And as we were talking, I just asked, is there anything that we could do? And she said, just send some good vibes and positive thoughts my way. 
and it crushed me. Not because I, or not just because I hated how hard life had been for her and her husband, right? That's ultimately not what we wanted, but because she doesn't believe in God or the power of prayer. Because here's the thing, thoughts can't heal your pain. Good vibes can't give you the hope that is real. Thoughts will not heal your marriage. Good vibes can't give you the peace that only comes from Christ. And if I'm going through something major in my life, I appreciate your thoughts, I really do. I am thankful for your good vibes. But in those moments, I need your prayers because your thoughts can't move mountains. Your good vibes can't intercede on my behalf to God. Your thoughts have no power, they just don't. Plus a ton of things get your thoughts all the time. Food, family, people, the car that almost cut you off on your way home today. So I appreciate your thoughts, but I want your prayers. Because scripture teaches us that prayer is powerful and effective. Scripture teaches us that God hears our prayers. Scripture teaches us that we have a good God who loves us and wants to hear from us. Scripture teaches us that when we don't have the words, the Holy Spirit intervenes in our life and communicates to God for us, steps in and says the things on our behalf. Like I said earlier, this doesn't mean that all of our prayers get answered the way we want them to or the way we think we need them to. But even if that does happen, I still have peace because I know that God is with me. I know that God's heart aches with mine as I ache. I know that he feels joy with me as I feel joy. And that is what I want, right? That is what I need. And prayer is one of the ways that we experience those things. Prayer allows us to connect with a good God who loves us. And so as we look at this year, and as we move into 2023 and we want it to be different, prayer has to be a part of our lives. It has to be a part of our days. It has to fit into the places where you have the margin to do it. And more than anything else, you can bring this into your life right now and nothing will ever be the same. And even if you don't have the words, you know what to pray. Jesus, help. Jesus, thank you. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful that we have the opportunity um, to feel connected with you, uh, to communicate with you. Um, God, that we, we have this, this incredible space where we can be real and honest and vulnerable. God, we can yell, we can cry, we can scream. God, we can say one word, we can say no words, um, and yet you hear it and you know it. But even though that's true, God, we struggle with prayer. Uh, and, and somehow prayer is becoming more of this thing that we say, this kind of pop culture thing that we add on social media to let people know, hey, we're, we care about you. Um, but God, we miss the power of prayer when we do that. And so God, um, God, I pray as we set out into this year, as we, we set to develop habits, God, that prayer is one of the first things that we bring into our lives. God, because we can do it anywhere at any time and you always hear it. And so God, I, I pray that we uh, take the time this week to pray. God, if we need to put it into our schedules, we put it into our schedules. But God, in those, those quiet moments and those still moments, God, those moments when we're hurting, when we're struggling, God, those moments when we see you moving in our life, we take the time to talk to you. And God, you listen. God, we, we know we don't deserve uh, the opportunities we have to be connected with you. God, we don't deserve the opportunity uh, for you to hear our prayers, but you do because you love us. Um, so God, help us pray. 
Um, help us feel comfortable with prayer. Help us um, not be afraid to pray, not just for what you're doing in our lives, but what you want to do in the lives of the people that we love. Um, and God, ultimately, thank you uh, that prayer is this beautiful reminder of, of grace in our lives. God, we thank you and love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.